grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up The Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. We came, we saw, we conquered the coronation. Or did the coronation conquer us? We're not quite sure. (laughs) We are still both so tired. (laughs) So tired. Royal community, let's give you a little tiny bit of housekeeping before we start. Firstly, Rachel and I are absolutely spent. I'm likening this on the second day to... Disney tired, Rach. I am Disneyland tired. I was coronation tired, not as cute (laughs) tired, but coronation tired. And now I'm Disney tired. I'm this tired comparing it to having 10 minutes sleep, Troop in the Colour, Platinum Jubilee. That's how tired I still feel. Like the bags under my eyes, Royal Community. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh, we're so glad this is not a video podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Right now. So we just want to say today, what you're going to have is our first hand experience of being the coronation. And then next week, what you're going to get is an episode where we're going to be talking about the service itself, the ceremony and the coronation concert. Also, Royal Community, this is going to have very little editing. Michelle is going on holiday yet again as the jet setter that she is. (laughs) So we've only got a short uh, window to get this out to you guys. And obviously, we know so many of you want to hear about our experience. So if there's bits and pieces that we haven't quite edited out, we're really sorry. But just to get this up, it's going to be, as we would normally say, a live episode as such. But we hope you enjoy it because we had... Honestly, the best time at the coronation. It was Royal Community, a little spoiler, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Also, just to let you know, VIP Royal Community over on Kofi, if you are listening to this when it first comes out, head on over, check your emails, go on to Kofi because you will have access to all of these coronation episodes before everybody else. The next two episodes you will already have access to so head on over and listen to them all before everybody else if you want to become part of the vip royal community you can over on ko-fi k-o-f-i you get exclusive content we did the behind the scenes didn't we rach for our vip royal community whilst we were there like i say you'll get the coronation podcast episodes before everybody else and also a zoom call and a private facebook group which we have just honestly just loved during the coronation so thank you so much to all of our VIP Royal community for keeping our spirits up as well, which is excellent. So that's a little bit of housekeeping your way. Grab yourself a cup of tea, Royal community, a scone, some coronation quiche. Let's get going (laughs) with this episode. Let's start right at the beginning, Rach. Okay, so on Friday, the day before the coronation... I woke up about six o'clock. I think I was anxious. I was nervous. I was excited. 
I felt like it was Christmas Eve. (laughs) This is my version of Christmas Eve as an adult. (laughs) So I was kind of like just, I was trying to stay in bed as long as possible because I knew that potentially we were going to do an all-nighter on the mall. So I got up, was pottering around, and then I was like, okay, now it's time to get ready. I did a little Instagram story to say I'm going to London soon. And then what happens as soon as I say that? It starts pouring down with rain outside. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is an omen, right, of what's to come. (laughs) I was just like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to be sat on the mouth for hours and I'm drenched in rain. Yeah. So I made it to London. I got there about an hour before our meetup, which was at three o'clock. I went to Tesco. I went to see if they had camp chairs. They did, but I didn't buy one at that point. We'll come back to that later. So Shell, what was your morning like? So the night before I'd edited three YouTube videos and a podcast. So I'd had a little bit of a late night. I tried to have as much of a lie-in as possible, but I also knew that I needed to do the sound editing for the podcast before it went out that day. We actually released that episode, didn't we, Rachel, a day early? Which yeah. we just we were so excited, the pre-coronation excitement. We just wanted you to have it as soon as possible. So I did all the editing stuff my end and then I got ready and I made my way into London. So my my night and my day was very busy and I was just churning out as much productivity as I possibly could because I wanted you Royal Community to have as much content as possible to get excited for the coronation. So over on YouTube, we had our video go up for the Chris Jackson exhibition at the Lanesborough Hotel. I just loved doing that video. It was absolutely brilliant. And then we had our Fortnum and Mason coronation merchandise, you know, walk through whilst we went to the store and also our coronation preparations for London. All those went up and yeah, it was a very busy couple of days heading to the coronation. So I didn't really have much mental space to even think about what we were just about to do yeah. <laughs> until I started packing. So I'm not kidding, Royal Community. This is the way it worked. I messaged Rachel and I said, there's a possibility we may have to camp because we're seeing every single person on television with these big, massive tents with camp chairs Bear in mind, Royal Community, you will know like in episode, I think it was 114 when we were talking about the countdown to the coronation, the government website had a very big letters, do not camp, do not bring camp chairs and come at 6am in the morning. And we were just like, hang on a second, if everybody else has got tents and camp chairs, why are we waiting for the rules if everyone else is breaking them? And I don't know. Okay, let's scope it out. But I said to Rach, bring your stuff just in case. From what I could see on the news, I was like, wow, this is going to be an all-nighter. We're going to have to pull this. Well, I had bought my stuff anyway, because if it wasn't that busy, I was going to go back to your house and stay for a few hours until we came back into London. So I packed toothbrush, toothpaste, makeup, change of clothes, parties, anything that I packed. (laughs) (laughs) See, I was the complete opposite. I packed like an army sergeant. I had my waterproofs in there. I I don't know if you have this in your country rural community, but we have these big, massive recycling bins and you can get bin liners to go in these wheelie bins. And I'm just doing a bit of spring cleaning. So I actually bought some and I took two. I thought, you know what? If it's raining, me and Rachel can just make them into ponchos. I mean, it's classy as it sounds. It's got to keep us dry. So I brought those. Also, my friend used to work on a market stall and she said to 
me, look, if you are standing in one place for a long time, grab yourself a bit of cardboard and stand on it because it insulates you from the ground and don't allow the the coldness to come up through your feet. So I had some HelloFresh boxes and I cut a little square out for me and Rachel, put it out in the backpack. I had makeup in there. I had my antihistamines because I knew it was the <laughs> mal and I'm allergic to the pollen on the tree seeds on the mal. And bear in mind before that, because I knew that might be a possibility. I was dosing myself up with antihistamines. So it was in my system. So I feel like I packed G.I. Jane. I was sorted. And I had my camp chair as well. I know they said no camp chairs, but I thought I'm just going to take it. I was going to get an umbrella and I thought my bag's really heavy. My camp chair's heavy. I'm not going to bother. I make my way to the train station very slowly because it was heavy. And when I got to the train station, it actually hit me the momentous occasion that this is and that we were actually going to potentially not only obviously be there for the coronation, but actually have to sleep out and what that actually means And this felt very much like a cue situation Mm. back when Queen Elizabeth II passed away. And from that point, obviously, I made my way into London. And then I met with you, Rach, outside Rishu, which I hope we're saying that correctly, a French restaurant in Piccadilly, because we had organised a royal community meetup with our nearest and dearest friends on Instagram and also our VIP royal community. There were 16 of us, wasn't there? There were 16 of us. And... Let me tell you, meeting people from across the world, the royals brought us all together for this one occasion. And I was sat there and I was just like, I cannot believe I'm sitting here. Rishu is quite a small restaurant. So we had two separate tables that were kind of together. Yeah. But I was in a little cubby hole as such. Like an album, wasn't it? Yeah. I had Becca, Cassandra, Karen, Danielle, all from the US. I had Charlotte and Annie from Germany. And Alejandra from Guatemala. Yeah. I mean, how like worldwide, how international can you get, right? Love it. On my table, I had Anna and baby Marie and Deb and Stephanie from Canada. I then had Caitlin from Nashville, Tennessee. And I had Kristen and Julie from Boston, Massachusetts. It was absolutely just one of the most amazing experiences just to chat royals to chat london to chat just excited like we all had some of us had afternoon tea so it was interesting like they were trying to see what the customs were and i was just i was in my element because i love (laughs) afternoon tea and i shared a earl grey with stephanie and i was like oh would you like me to pour your tea and caitlin it was a first ever time that she was in london and i said to her would you like me to do a very posh english accent whilst i'm pouring your english breakfast tea (laughs) (laughs) it was just so fun and we had lots of pictures and some people brought us gifts and i just want to say thank you so much i honestly i probably welled up about six (laughs) times like the generosity of people is unbelievable but it's just so wonderful that our passion and our love for the royal family brought everyone to the same place and it was just absolutely spectacular to share that moment with them all and do you know what? It was one of those things as well. I remember speaking to Charlotte. We had, uh, show and I had a photo with Charlotte, just us three. And we were saying to Charlotte, we can't thank you enough because you were one of the first people to connect with us on Instagram. Yeah. You were one of our first listeners over on our podcast. You were one of our first people that subscribed on Kofi and to actually just meet her in person because we had seen her on Zoom countless of times, but to actually just meet her and have photos and we'll talk about Coronation Day obviously later on, but we got to spend that time that day with 
so many people that we speak to on a daily, on a weekly basis, right? Exactly. And it was just nice to give them a hug in person. We haven't just got people who are part of the VIP Royal community. We have friends and it's so lovely to be part of that and to actually have facilitated that because it's a great way of people to come together and just have a place that they don't feel strange because some people are very isolated as a royal member in their country and that's why we when we started this it wasn't about us it was about creating a community that everybody could come together and feel supported and able to just geek out on it and that for me is is honestly it was really humbling and thank you so much to everybody who came it was an excellent way to start off our coronation celebrations and the fact that becca caitlin and alejandra had all come by themselves they weren't with anybody they were by themselves they didn't know anyone yeah that was just amazing so we had the meetup and then after the meetup some people were going to go back to their hotels and we wouldn't see them again Mm -hmm. so we said to them we're going to the mall to scope it up you are free to come you're free to join us yeah so there we are (laughs) and bless Kristen. she had heels on and she was like such a trooper wasn't she oh (laughs) Kristen looked amazing she had a fascinator like a peacock feather and honestly I was just in awe of Kristen's style it was amazing yeah she looked amazing and it was on the Friday it was really warm when we stepped out of that restaurant and we all had to put our sunglasses on but then I had this massive thick coat on because it had forecast rain yeah so there's me looking like a pack horse when needs must is what I say well well, yeah exactly so If you've ever been to that area of London, Piccadilly, you go past the Ritz and then there is an opening to Green Park. And as you go down Green Park, that's the way you get to the Mall and to Buckingham Palace. So we're obviously walking down and there's just so many people. And the nearer that we're getting, it's getting busier. And we're like, oh my gosh. It's starting to settle in then, isn't it? Yeah. The fact that we might have to stay. And then Julie and Kristen had been there in the morning to scope it out and they were like, it wasn't this busy earlier. Because they'd spoken to a police officer about when would be the best time to arrive. And honestly, they said when they went, there was hardly anyone at the top end of the mall. So there was lots of people camping, like you see on the TV, closer to Buckingham Palace. But when we actually arrived on the mall, I'd had a, a conversation with Julie and I said, Julie, I will let you know whether we need to stay or not or whether you're going to be okay to go back get some sleep and then come back later but do you know what Michelle though right Julie said to me Michelle said you know when I told you like is there a moment where you need to start panicking and Julie was like yeah and she was like yeah you need to start panicking (laughs) right this is the moment I said the iceberg hit the Titanic three days ago it's time She was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. As we get into the mall, it was just pandemonium. There were people everywhere. Everywhere. Royal community, from the barriers overlooking the mall, it was six deep. So people with their tents, with their camp chairs... It was extreme, wasn't it? There were people like having little disco parties. There were people that had dogs with them. Dogs. We know this from all of the royal events we've been to recently, you know, over the years. It is a family occasion. People bring Mm. like their little kiddies, their picnics, whatever, ghetto blasters. I mean, am I in the 80s? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It is a wonderful experience, but I'd never, ever seen it that packed. Mm. And I knew at that point my heart sunk. Like, I'm not getting any sleep tonight this is it this is action stations it's time 
But when we had been there the previous weekend, because we went to Troop in the Colour last year, we knew where we wanted to be. So we knew from the start, we didn't want to be down the palace end because we knew that was going to be the busy area. So we just kept saying to our group, keep walking. We'll tell you when, like, this is the area we want to be in. Yeah. We got to a part where if you've ever been to the Mall, there's these steps that lead down to a certain point. It's just after the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother Memorial. And mm-hmm. um, that was the kind of area that we wanted to be. And we found this little spot and we were like, right, okay, this is quite near the front. And we got talking to these people. They had been there for quite a while. And then all of a sudden, this marshal came up to them because we at that point were still standing around. We hadn't quite decided if that's where we was going to be. And this marshal said to everyone, no, sorry, you need to move because this is a accessibility area. Yeah. And they were like, that guy over there told us that we could stay here. Mm. And there was kind of a bit of like, not an argument, but they had obviously been there for a good while. Yeah. They had set up camp as such. And then they're being told to move. So we was like, we need to move. Let's just find somewhere else now. Yeah. So we decided then to move a bit closer to the King George VI Memorial because we knew that was a place that was safer. We wasn't going to be moved or whatever because... It's more on the mouth. It's hard to explain on a podcast, but we then decided, right, let's just look for the one that's got the least amount of depth, <laughs> you know, for yeah. the most tents, because the most tents take up the most room. And then also that means when they get taken up, we'll have more chance of getting closer to the front. Plus Royal Community... And this was different from the Jubilee because with the Jubilee, the cameras were set up very far apart. They were like every, I'd say, three to four metres apart, which means when you're trying to get video or photos, you're going to have that green box, which has the cameras in it. So we were trying to also find a place, not only that had the least amount of depth of people camping, but also the widest view that we possibly could get. For some strange reason, this, this place just magically appeared, didn't it, Rach? So we had found this spot and then I said, I'm not really happy with this. So I went with Caitlin. Mm-hmm. We went down a bit further and we was like, actually, this is a better spot. So Caitlin stayed there. I ran back up to you and I was like, no, let's move. So you, and then you came and you was like, yeah, actually, this is the best spot. Yeah. Yeah. And also we were by the toilets, we were by the water refill, we were by the St. John's ambulance just in case we needed a plaster (laughs) or something. We were by the um, burger and chips van. Like it it just felt better, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. So as Shell says, she had a camp chair. Nobody else did. At this point, there was me, Michelle. There was Caitlin, Julie, Kristen and Alejandra. Right. Okay. It's a given. We're going to have to stay. And Julie and Kristen were like, okay, we're going to go back to our hotel, get changed, get on some warmer clothes, and then we'll come back. And at this point... But they're dressed up for the the restaurant and stuff. They're not expecting to sleep on the mall. So it was, we got to make this happen. And I I said to as many people who was there, I said, look, if you want the front row, at that point we knew we definitely wanted to get a front row. If you want second row, you got to make this happen now. If you don't, then you have to be okay with getting third, fourth or fifth row because you won't be able to get in otherwise. Everyone kind of made their decisions from that point. Mm. Julie and Kristen were like, no, we came all this way. We want to get as close to the front as we can. We have to say, they went off obviously and got themselves ready and came back. But Caitlin stayed. Tell the Royal Community, Rach, Caitlin's situation. So Caitlin from Nashville, Tennessee. (laughs) Big shout out to Caitlin. Yeah, I think she flew in on the Thursday. And I think that was the last time that she slept. She said she had a little nap on the plane. She didn't even have like a full sleep on the plane. 
It was just absolutely insane. And she was like, no, I'm staying. I've come all this way. At this point, this was about half past six in the evening. Mm -hmm. So Caitlin and I, we went to Tesco because as I said, I'd been to Tesco beforehand, seeing that they had camp chairs. Yeah. So there's me and Caitlin, we're getting snacks. We got three camp chairs for the people that were with us. We just sat out camp, didn't we? Yeah. At that point, Alejandra was like, okay, I'm going to go back to my hotel and I'm going to get some sleep. And then I'll come back in the morning. Meaning, I think she said about what, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock yeah, she was going to come I think back. Three, three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So she went. So it's just me, Caitlin and Michelle. Honestly, it was just, we just had the best time. And then we heard on the grapevine because everybody just chats to each other. It's one of those yeah. things where everyone's come for the same reason. So you just get talking. And we had heard on the grapevine that they were going to stop letting people start camping on the mall at 8pm. Yeah. So Caitlin had text Julie and said, because this was about half seven at this point, where are you? You need to get here like now. Mm. And she was like, we're, we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. And, and they Julie got a taxi, said, didn't they? They were like, we just got in a taxi. We just said, yeah. get, get us to the mall. Get, get us to Green Park. They basically just free money at this taxi driver. <laughs> and they arrived and we were just like, yeah, yeah we made it. <laughs> we were yeah. just so happy they made it. It felt like if anyone watches a race around the world or the ultimate race, whatever it's called in your country, it felt like that. Like, you made the checkpoint, you made yeah. the checkpoint, you know? It was just excellent. So fun. Then Julie brings out these masks, doesn't she? Like Union yeah. Jack masks that we all had. Oh, bit bear in mind, Royal Community, if you're listening and thinking, okay, I kind of understand, but I'd like to have a visual. We have our vlogs of all of this experience over on YouTube. So head on over and have a look. Yeah. So you and Kristen then went to Tesco, didn't you? Yeah, we had a little walk. We wore our masks into yes. uh, Tesco. Do you know what everyone else was doing? They had their Union Jack flags. The energy was really high. There were people drinking champagne and singing the Spice Girls. It was a really great atmosphere. And when we went into Tesco, you knew everyone was going to the mall. Everyone was buying a camp chair. Everyone was buying an umbrella. Everyone was buying snacks. And Tesco made a killing, I'm sure. Oh my goodness, they really, really did. Yeah. So you and Kristen came back and Kristen bought a bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> so we had a little toast on the mall and that's in the video as well. We did a little, uh, good save the king. <laughs> yeah, we did. And I think that's the thing. Rachel and I didn't know what our coronation experience was going to be like. It was very open-ended. We're going to be at this specific point. We're going to go scope this out. We're going to then tell everybody where our position is. If anybody wants to come and meet us, they can. If anyone wants to join us, they can. So we didn't really know what it was going to be. But Royal Community, now we're recording this on Monday, the 8th of May. The experience was way beyond my wildest expectations. Mm. It was just so incredible. And you make friends with not only the people that you're with, but the surrounding people as well. There was Callum. Let's talk about Callum. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Callum was hilarious. Callum. So it, when you see the vlogs, you will see what Caitlin looks like. So she's got dark hair and she was wearing a Breton stripe jumper. Callum comes over to us and he's got a William mask on. And then he gives Caitlin a Catherine mask. <laughs> and then he also had on this t-shirt with Charles on the front saying like, yeah. God save the king. And we've got some hilarious videos. I remember taking this one video and I was like, we've met Will and Kate in the wild. We met yeah. And yeah. Callum's going, don't forget to get daddy in the shot. Uh, <laughs> but then 
you went on a walkabout, didn't you? Yeah. With them. So when you watch the vlog, Royal Community, you'll laugh at how many times we actually go to the toilet. <laughs> but when we say go to the toilet, we literally just have to walk around because when you're sat on a camp chair, you want to just go and have a walk. Yeah. And I went on a walk with William and Catherine, a.k.a. <laughs> Caitlin and Callum. As we were walking down the mall, we also met a Camilla and Charles. <laughs> and there was like some kind of street theatre going on. Charles came over to William, obviously Callum and, uh, and this other Royal Community member. He was like, what are you doing out? We're supposed to be in the rehearsals right now. <laughs> And they were just having like this banter back and forth, and and then Callum showed his uh, t-shirt with the king on. He's like, "Oh, I look young there." Charles said, "So William, honestly, I couldn't breathe." And then I walked <laughs> with um, Caitlin and Callum, obviously in their masks, and everyone was stopping them. Can we have a photo with you? And I felt like a publicist. It was amazing. <laughs> and then Callum and Caitlin stopped outside Buckingham Palace, and I said, "Oh, look, you're coming back to the scene of the balcony." And they just. Just amazing kind of interaction. So head on over to the vlog and watch that. You'll hear on the vlog, I'm just laughing so much I can't catch my breath. It's just so funny. And the amount of people like just interact with you. And yeah. Callum was like doing a little dance, but like with a mask on, it just, it looks like one of those TikTok dance things. It was just so funny. Oh, it oh was just gosh. amazing. And remember, I, I keep saying this, Royal Community, if you ever worrying about going to an engagement on your own, everyone around you is so warm and welcoming and we'll just chat to you about things and I think that is something that the people that we were with and Caitlin in particular because obviously she came on her own she was like oh my goodness I didn't realize the energy the atmosphere and this is wildly beyond my expectations I think to be honest I was really proud that our country had come together and allowed them to have that experience as well it was beyond anything we've experienced before Rach wasn't it because yeah. it was beyond Troop in the Colour it was beyond and I hate saying this because obviously Platinum Jubilee was so amazing mm -hmm. but this was on a different level it was and I've said it time and time again it really was the people that we was with that made our experience what it was yeah and I can't stress that enough. And the amount of times that I've said this week, the words amazing, fantastic, spectacular, yes. beyond our wildest dreams. It, it's magical. Just, magical. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just been incredible. <laughs> That's another word yeah. that I've been using. I've got to tell you one of my highlights though. <laughs> it was so funny. Julie from Boston and Kristen from Boston. Julie has a friend that lives in London. They had gone to dinner the night before. Julie had gone, I think she'd gone to the toilet. She'd been gone quite a while because she was trying to find like these toilets. And this was another thing we need to mention actually, Shell, is they had loads of portaloos. They had kiosks for food and drink and things like that. But they weren't open. They didn't open until the morning, did they? But I think they didn't open because they were not expecting people to camp and bring camp chairs. And they just expected people would just turn up in the morning and grab their spaces. But actually, I think, and this is my own personal opinion on this, because they put out that statement, people camped more and people turned up more because they had the, but I want to get to the front. You know, I don't want to be spending all that time waiting and then be directed to Green Park or St. James's Park to watch it on a big screen. So I think people panicked and then started showing up. And that's the reason, again, we were like, well, we're going to have to do it because other people are doing it. Had those news articles or whatever and the videos and stuff of people were like, oh, we're at the mall. There's one or two people here right now. The atmosphere is good. People are taking the, the guidance and whatever. But no, it, it just felt like a big panic. And then 
Obviously, we've got a big, long bank holiday weekend here in the UK. People are like, well, I don't have to get up for work in the morning. I'm just going to go and camp. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. So Julie had been gone and <laughs> it was so funny. So we sat there and this was about half past nine at night. All of a sudden, in this American accent, we hear, Julie Sullivan. <laughs> and then Kristen goes, She's like, wait a minute. And it's her friend. She had bought supplies for them. She had bought them spaghetti bolognese. Yeah, in a Pyrex dish with forks. She had bought them red wine, tissues, anything that you can imagine to make their experience, make them feel better. Smoothies for the morning. Smoothies for the morning. Kitchen roll was in there. Yeah, she just bought everything. I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I've walked up and down the mall trying to (laughs) find. I've just been shouting Judy Sullivan. Oh my gosh. We were like, you have the best friend. And Judy was like, she is such a trooper. Like she is such yeah. a great friend to do this. Yeah. It was just so funny. The fact that it was an American woman looking for another American woman on the mouth. Yeah, it was brilliant. It just came out of nowhere. It was like, Judy Sullivan, Julie Sullivan. <laughs> it was brilliant. And the one thing I will say is Julie's friend Suzanne had brought toilet roll and also kitchen roll. Now, we'd all gone out and got camp chairs and the little sleeves of the camp chairs come in. Uh, Julie had put the toilet roll and the kitchen roll in there. So obviously you'd keep it clean. But guess what happened? I rolled it up. <laughs> And we were using it as a pillow to go to sleep with. So, Suzanne, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for my pillow. So, Rach, do you want to tell the rural community how I slept? <laughs> it was so funny. Like, you, how you've got to visualise this rural community. A blanket's in the middle and we've positioned our camp chairs around this blanket. So, we've got all the food and everything on it. You was all taking it in turns. So you'd put the cardboard underneath the blanket for the The cardboard I brought, yes, <laughs> for the HelloFresh box. And then I came back from the toilet and I was like, where's Kristen? Oh, she's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, she's having a sleep. Well, trying to have a sleep. Trying to sleep, yeah. <laughs> and then Judy did the same thing and then you did. And it was so funny. I've got this hilarious picture on and he's posted it actually on Instagram of um, Shell getting into a bin bag. <laughs> so just those big, massive bin bags I brought, I actually <laughs> stepped in it like a sleeping bag. And I thought, you know what? That's going to stop any wind from getting inside. <gasps> and it went right up to like my chest. And then I had my bobble hat, my thermal scarf on, my windbreaker, and also like these big, massive thermal gloves, all my stuff from my trip from Norway. And I put my hood up, my hat over my eyes, put my coat all the way over. So I was, there was nothing getting in. I would say I rested my eyes. I was there for about an hour and a half. I had about 45 minutes sleep, I'd say. The rest of it, I was in and out. It was cold. So let's talk about the weather a little bit, Rach, because when we sat down on the mall, it was about 15 degrees centigrade. It was quite warm, actually. If you know me, Royal Community, I'm always cold. I really feel the cold. And I'd worn just a little top with a vest up underneath to the meetup and I had my big coat on. But then throughout the night, I put on a long sleeve top Then I put on a turtleneck, then a jumper. I had a scarf, gloves, and obviously my big coat with a hood. So I used all the layers that I could get. Shell had her little sleep. It was about two o'clock in the morning. It was dry and that was fine. Sometimes you could feel a little bit of speck of rain. Luckily, it held up. But then obviously coronation day... (laughs) It was a different story. The heavens opened. Yeah. The heavens opened. We'll get to that in a bit. But in, in the evening, I think the lowest it went down is 11 centigrade, which actually for May is really good. 
and it was dry. There was hardly any wind. That was the best thing we could have ever hoped for. When we went to Tesco, Kristen and I, it was probably about half nine. It did have a little tiny shower for about 20 minutes. It wasn't proper rain. It was just a shower. And then it stopped. And then it was dry for the whole time up until 10 a.m., more on that later. You didn't sleep at all, though, did you, Rach? You had little naps every now and then, but you didn't really no. have a proper sit down. I had been awake for over 24 hours. You know, when you're in that situation, there's people around you, you're outside, you can hear things. About nine o'clock in the morning, I was nodding. I did have a little nap, but I wasn't properly asleep. We did a live on the Mao at quarter to one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we did. So if you want to see any of our um, lives, you can head on over to Instagram, keep it up with Windsor's pod because they're on our feed. Yeah. This is how British we are, right? We're in the queue for the toilets. We were standing there for five minutes just chatting and we were talking to this lady in the queue. And then I was like, Shell, this isn't even the queue for the toilets. This is the queue for the tea and coffee. <laughs> so we, we just saw a queue and joined it. We just saw a queue. <laughs> and we managed to get into the toilet straight away. And then as we were coming back, we bumped into Becca. So Becca yeah. came to our meetup and she had messaged us. I can't remember what, so this must have been about half one in the morning at this point. I'm too excited. I'm coming back now. As we were coming back from the toilets, we bumped into her and it was so funny. She had bought, because we was like, bring a chair. From our hotel room, she had unscrewed this stool, popped it in a Sainsbury's bag. <laughs> oh Alejandro didn't come back at that point. So there was a spare chair going. So people were using that as a little uh, footrest, weren't they? That yeah. stool. As the night went on, obviously energy dampened slightly we were chatting keeping each other going then it started to ramp up slightly because the sunrise started to come up and actually it was so lovely um in the evening we had this beautiful full moon and in the background we could see the london eye and it kept changing the colors for the coronation which was just such a wonderful backdrop on the mall then I think Kristen looked on it. She was like, it's around five o'clock, I think she was saying, yeah, for the yeah. sunrise. And again, it was still kind of disbelief. I can't believe we're doing this. I cannot believe we're doing this. Yeah. And then this tannoy comes on. Shell got it on for YouTube. So again, head on over to YouTube. But it was basically saying, like, today is coronation day. Please pack up your tents. Yeah, and so be everybody... considerate of others and yeah. pack up your tents. Yeah. So everybody that had tents, do not move your camp chairs yet. They've not said chairs yet. Yeah. Because remember, Obviously, it's five o'clock. The King Charles isn't even leaving Buckingham Palace till 10.20 a.m. in yeah. the morning. Everybody started waking up a bit then. The excitement was starting to build more and yeah. more because it was getting closer. And then at one point, I think we looked at our um, watches. At, what was it? Five o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden we looked again and it was at half past six. That's gone really, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, really quickly. I think as well, I was seeing the time by what was opening. So like the burger and fries stands open, the chicken yeah. box stands open and oh, okay, this is real now. It's coronation day. This is, yeah. it. this is what we've been waiting for. And then what happened was more people were being brought onto the mall at 6am because obviously they were saying they were opening things and we had security coming around saying right you've got to move now because people are coming can you move forward can you move forward so we bunched our camp chairs forward a little bit and then we realized at that point that we had second row we knew yeah. it we knew that we had second row and that was a big deal for us because there were so many people around we didn't know at what position we were going to get. I was gutted that I wasn't first, but actually we would have had to have camped the day before in order to get that. Yeah. So we did the best of what we could. And when 
you see how busy it was. If you do watch the vlogs, you'll realize that second in that position was absolutely just a dream. So yeah. I just started relaxing at that point. Like we got our space. We're fine. So the people that we was in the meetup with, so Anna and Marie, we had Danielle and her husband, and we also had Charlotte and Annie. They came and they joined us. Alejandra messaged us at about five o'clock and she was like, I cannot get onto the mall. And I think that was one of the things, you know, when we're looking back on it now, because we were so in it, oh, it's not very busy, but it was crowd control. They purposely were not letting so many people on because of that reason was to control the crowds. If anything was going to happen, they can't have a stampede of people. They have to think of the public's health and safety. Trust me, there were people wanting to get there. They were 100%. They just were not allowed down. And for very good reason, because when we eventually did pick our camp chairs up, there was probably about 20 to 25 deep where we were. And I couldn't even imagine more than that. It was pretty full. At this point, so we'd moved our camp chairs forward. This is about six o'clock because we kept saying, we're not moving our camp chairs until they say move them. The tunnel kept saying tents. Yeah. So we were like, no, leave your camp chairs, leave your camp chairs. And also we had intel that said they're going to mention camp chairs around eight o'clock on the tannoy. Mm-hmm. And we were like, right, okay. All right. So we know we got another three hours where we can sit down for a bit. And then the heavens start to open. And yeah, honestly, it, it was... At 20 past nine, because I got that on the vlog. It was 20 past nine when it started raining. And we knew that because we looked at the forecast. We knew there was going to be rain, but we didn't expect it to be the heavy stuff for such a long time and yeah. it was relentless wasn't it it was it just didn't let up did it no it, it just was, didn't let it up it was constant and it was hard because you're tired you're cold you've hardly slept caitlin didn't even have a nap she hasn't she slept didn't have since a nap. thursday she has not slept since thursday becca i think only had a few hours sleep it was just insane and now they're expecting us to stand yeah. From like silly o'clock up until it finished. So yeah. that's the reason we held on to our camp chairs as long as possible. It came to the point then about half eight in the morning where then on the tannoy it says, right now, camp chairs and tents. And we knew at that point, right now is time. Yeah, we folded up our camp chairs, popped them in the sleeves and we popped them against the barrier, kind of settled ourselves into our positions. Yeah. And what you have to bear in mind is something like this. We've been there since 6.30 the previous evening. We've got second space. There were people that were turning up that were trying to like push forward. And we were kind of like, no, I'm sorry. But if you wanted like a space further at the front, you should have got here earlier because there was this woman that was behind me that trying to keep push forward. I'm not having it. I'm sorry, but it's not happening. Not on my watch. It's not happening. I know. And Kristen was really good at holding the fort on her side because it's a momentous occasion. It's historic. You want to get those shots then you have to also make the sacrifice. You know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? And we were even lucky to get second row being 6.30 in the evening. You know, those people have camped out for five days. It was a big deal. There was moments of it that were stressful, but not going to lie. It's not a walk in the park. It wasn't, you know, ching-ching with our champagne all the time. It was hard going, but every single second of it was worth it. One thing I really enjoyed about the whole thing was actually it went quite quickly but then when we folded up our camp chairs and we were standing that's when it literally felt like every single minute was an hour because yeah. my my legs were tired my back it was, was my back my, my back knees was were hurting and yeah. I knew that I still had to be on because I had to get footage I just yeah. wanted to 
enjoy the moment. And Michelle said to me at one point, I think this was about half eight, nine o'clock. Shall we do something for Instagram? And I started speaking. You were mumbling. I can't even form a sentence at this point. I don't think we should do this right now. (laughs) I needed to like wake up a bit. And I think because it was raining and we'd been standing for so long and everything had started to hurt. The energy levels do dip and everybody was the same. Although there was still this excitement, it was like everybody at that point clock watching. Oh my gosh, we've still got another three hours to go and we're standing. Yeah. And there's nothing we could do and we can't really move. Like it was hard. We were so dehydrated, Royal Community, because we were scared to drink because we were like, we can't leave this spot. But yeah, we can't go to the toilet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, we were in it for the long haul for sure. The next thing I want to say is we didn't mention this a little bit earlier, but there were really good things that happened on the procession. So, for instance, when they were moving the Portaloos back and forth, or potties, <laughs> as some countries call them, everyone was just clapping. <laughs> and I joked, you know, when you go to a concert, the superstars come through on just this inconspicuous box to go through the crowd. Do you think usually and Beatrice and that are in these port <laughs> going back and forth? The staff members, there were just so many security, police officers, people who were working the stalls, the toilets, you name it from the first aid, St. John's ambulance. There were so many people out there to support us. And that event was so excellent because of their hard work. So yeah. big shout out to anybody who worked that because it was excellently put together we would have changed a few things for instance some of the portaloos on our side were always closed why didn't you just open them but they were opened only for the coronation day because i don't think they expected the amount of people to be there in the days running up to it and you could tell that even the food stands the people had come in early because they knew that they needed to open that up even earlier than expected. For instance, St. James's Park has like a 20 pence charge to go to the toilets. The barriers were just open. Like at one point we had to use the men's toilets, Rach, didn't we? We got directed we to use the men's. I was like, oh no, oh no. It was <laughs> quite weird. You know, needs must. You just do what you, what you have to. Like I say, atmosphere was amazing. We had dips and troughs in our energy level. How did you feel at that point then, Rach? So let's say we're getting to about 10 o'clock. We've had the first... Um, starts of the procession to come so we've got all the military lining up to line the route of the mall and it was really nice actually to see I'm not quite sure the military terms I'll just say Sergeant Major coming over and moving the military into the right formation he was pulling their plumes was he the bearskin hats it was brilliant and we've spoken on the podcast before about documentaries that we've watched about the military and there's a specific again I can't remember his actual formal role but his name's Van Stokes and we saw him walk past and we were like, go on, Van! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I want to just make a point actually, Shara, and I can't remember if you just said this or not, about the police, how good mm. they were. The fact that in the evening and in the mornings as people were coming and it was getting busier, they were actually coming into the crowds and just checking on everyone, like, you okay? How are you yeah. feeling? We were like, yeah, all good. And the police that we had did not move for hours. They didn't pee. They didn't drink any water. The people that we were with also said how excellent it was and how well organised it was that the police, the security, you felt protected and you also felt like there was always someone you could go to to ask, oh, is that barrier closed? Where should I go for here? That type of thing. And I, I couldn't fault them. It was absolutely excellent. I would say as well that We have heard that there were up to 60 arrests from protesters. 
Now, Rach, we were worried whether we were going to have a protester next to us. We are so lucky to say there wasn't any protesters around us. I think they took their stance more at Whitehall. Trafalgar yeah. Square. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was the guy that when we saw the King of Milton Keynes, he is the main person that runs that group. And he got arrested basically straight away. Mm. I've seen that. But luckily, like you said, we didn't have any protesters. So that didn't dampen our experience. We've mentioned this loads of times on the podcast. It's their democratic right to oppose the monarchy. We have no problem with them being anti-royal community, like you do your thing. But I think when it gets to a point where it's detrimental to maybe people around or they're being ruck- ruckus, I think there was even somebody who had been arrested for handing out rape alarms. But the reason why is because they wanted to scare the horses and actually create a scene that way. You look online and you think, oh, that's a sensationalised headline. But then when you look deeper into it, you realise there was a malicious intent behind it. You understood it. We can't really say anything on protesters because we didn't see them. We've only seen what has been written in the press about them. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention it because I know we were a little little bit worried beforehand about protesters. I just wanted to say, when you mentioned about the horses, I think sometimes when you watch these things on TV, you don't see that many people waving flags. And they actually had a tannoyer go up saying, please refrain from waving flags because it's going to scare the horses even though they've got the blinkers on yeah so there was loads of people that had flags and they did still wave them but out of respect we didn't wave our flags being on the mall at an occasion such as this and then knowing what we know versus what you see on television you see the behind the scenes of it and go oh actually that's why they're not doing x y and z and i think that's the same with the crowds there were so many people that just were not allowed past a certain point to join us so we are in a big group we've got our amazing people who joined us some of us were in the second row others were in third row fourth row fifth row but we we're kind of like in a triangle wasn't we moving backwards so we could all see each other but each of us had different viewpoints depending on what time we arrived i was next to julie and Kristen, and i had rachel to my left and rachel you had i had caitlin and becca yeah, behind me I had Charlotte and Annie and then you had Anna and Marie and then behind them was Danielle and her husband. That's right, yeah. So it was, again, we were all together. Unfortunately, we were missing Alejandra. My heart breaks and she and just I... couldn't get there. They stopped allowing people down to the mall. So we were there and you, you could feel the excitement like, oh, um, this is starting now. The tannoy is kind of getting a little bit louder. We realised that actually they're going to play the ceremony over the tannoy, which they, they'd never done before when we've been on the mall for like trooping or the Jubilee and stuff. Because we even said that, didn't we, with the Thanksgiving service at St. Paul's Cathedral. It would be nice to know what was happening inside. So we knew we were going to understand what was happening over the tannoy. We couldn't see anything apart from in the distance, we could make out the big screen at St. James's Park through a tree. (laughs) So we could probably see about 20% of the screen. So Rach, procession starts to happen. We're seeing some military. How are you feeling at this point? I'm just feeling really excited. I'm apprehensive about what's going to happen, what we're going to see. We were waiting for William and Catherine and the kids to go past in a car. Like yeah. We were just waiting for the royals, all of them, to go past and that didn't happen. We were like, oh, maybe they've gone a different way. Because as we said previously, the internet service on the mount, it just shuts down. 
Yeah. There were so many of us. Can you get reception? We just want to get pictures. We want to see what everyone's yeah. wearing. We want to know if people are wearing tiaras. That was such obviously a talking point. And it has been for a couple of weeks before the run up to the coronation. So we were just apprehensive about what was happening. And then in the distance, you can start hearing the procession coming down and you can start hearing the crowds cheering. And at that point, I was just like, oh my God, so this is happening. Like yeah. we're witnessing history. It's like and a Mexican wave of cheers, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just getting closer and closer. It was just amazing to see all the military formations. And we'd heard that this was the largest military procession that we were going to see in years. Everyone coming together from the Navy to the Army to the Air Force. It it was just spectacular. As it's getting closer and closer, you could just hear the crowd getting louder and louder. And then the carriage started to come into focus. Everyone was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening, this is happening. As the carriage was going past, I was filming, but I wanted to see for myself what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take it all in and trying to experience as much as possible. So I remember I zoomed in my camera and I had it up, but I kept looking away to like actually take it all in. Camilla was on our side going, yeah. oh my gosh, she looks amazing. Did you see in that white? And I was like, I can't even remember what I actually saw. Like, yeah. I didn't remember. I was like, I need to look back. And it went past. We were just like, oh my God, there was just such a buzz in the air, wasn't mm. there? I mean, we've seen it in person. We know what the Diamond State coach looks like. But I wasn't expected to have such a wow than it did. And it looked incredible. I, I want to say sparkly. The glass with the lanterns, it was, it was just honestly spectacular. But I think also the inside interior really helped because it made it look open and honestly this carriage you can tell it's like very new because of the way in which they've designed the glass so you can see as much as you can inside it whereas the older carriages the people in the carriage would have to edge forward slightly for you to get a full view of them whereas in this carriage it's just the way in which it's designed is just perfection when I saw the king and queen for the first time, I'm going to say Camilla in particular. I don't think I've ever seen Camilla look as good as she did then. And that's even taking the top spot from the Bond premiere moment, which I always think is her best look. There was something about her that was just, I want to say relaxed, but it was just very neutral and regal. And she looked spectacular. Those diamonds, I haven't chatted to you about this, Rach, but it felt so strange to see the colour and necklace on Camilla because we're so used to seeing it on Queen Elizabeth II. So to see her wearing that was such a symbol, for me anyway, that the baton has been passed. She did look and she smiled and she waved in our direction. I was so nervous for them, actually. You mentioned this last episode, but I've really felt that in that moment. I hope everything goes well. I hope nothing spoils this moment for them. And how nerve-wracking that must be. And we were having that conversation during the night. Do you think they're having a sleep now? How do you think they're feeling? Do you think they're going to be nervous? I'd be nervous if I were them. I guess there's so much to think about in that really historically important ceremony. But seeing them for the first time, it was a wow moment. And that was the Diamond State coach. And I was just thinking, whoa, what am I going to be like when the Gold State coach turns up? Because that was absolutely spectacular. And one thing I will say is the Diamond State coach was 
pulled by six Windsor Greys. And I was quite surprised because the Windsor Greys usually have a red kind of decoration to their bridles and their kit, but they had a blue and the blue really stood out in the rain, like from a distance because it was raining as well. From a distance, it really popped because the king and queen in the carriage were wearing very plain clothes because they they didn't have any of their regalia or anything on at that point. It made them seem very, obviously, regal, but they were just about to do something that was really important. They felt vulnerable to me. And I don't want to say naked's not the right word. What am I trying to say? Like exposed. I was just praying that this was going to go really well. But what I loved as well is the people around me, all we kept saying was, wow, oh, wow, because it was jaw-droppingly amazing we've seen the gold state carriage we've seen carriages before we've seen processions before Rach. we saw the big massive jubilee pageant this was different it really was different i think what was lovely about after the procession passed us is that you could still hear the crowds in the background as it was going past whitehall which was incredible and then as the crowd died down it was like we've got another two hours now there's two hours left yeah (laughs) another two hours of waiting and so there was a bit of a gap and someone managed to get one of the camp chairs out and so we were (laughs) rotating I need five minutes on that camp chair because my back is literally killing me right now (laughs) I went to the chicken place and got some chips and oh the sweetest tea oh it was just heaven to drink and I brought that back bear in mind whilst they had gone we still had to wait for the procession to arrive at Westminster Abbey for then the two hours to start for them to get back in the procession and then head to us so it was more along the lines of two hours 40 I'd say we had to wait around yeah but when we're waiting around then the tannoy starts with all of the music when you're watching it on tv royal community it wasn't like that it literally was just the Archbishop of Canterbury talking or when William pledged his allegiance you know those types of things mm-hmm. we would hear that but if there was any quiet where you'd have a commentary on telly we didn't hear anything like that so it was very bitty I cried I cried a lot Royal Community this isn't any news to you I'm a crier I know it it was emotional and maybe because I was tired or everything that we've been through I've been standing on my feet I'm in pain it's raining but even so it was spectacular. The music, Rach, OMG, wow. The music. And I think as well for us, because we followed this for so long and we knew, because we spoke about this in the podcast the other week, the pieces of music that were going to be played. Yeah. We obviously, we didn't hear some of the run-up to it. It was just the actual ceremony itself. So we mm-hmm. didn't hear Pretty Yende and we were obviously really excited to hear her. We didn't hear any of the build-up to the actual before the King and the Queen arrived. It was just the actual ceremony itself. So there were specific pieces of music. We were like, oh, this is really nice. Like this, this sounds really majestic. And this sounds really royal as such, what you would expect to hear at a coronation. And there was another piece of music and I was just like, oh, this is bringing the mood down a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't expecting it to feel like a wedding. Is that weird to say? Yeah, It was such a joyous occasion. And because I've never experienced a coronation before, I've experienced a jubilee, but this was on a completely different level and it was so joyous and so uplifting. And like you said, there was this moment where you're like, what is going on here? But then when you watch a coronation, you go, oh my God, this is incredible. We have to say there were specific pieces of music that were played and 
Michelle teared up at certain points. Teared but up, there was... I was just streaming. Absolutely. Me yeah. and Julie were streaming. But there was some pieces of music that we already know and we were kind of like singing along too, weren't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. I think that's what was lovely about it. And we know Charles is so great at picking music and he loves the art. And he honestly, absolutely spectacular job. The gospel choir, they were incredible. We heard that. They were yeah. phenomenal. We did. Um, one of the bits that stood out for us, you'll get this on the vlog. And I'm so glad, Shell, that you captured this. As Shell said, we could see bits of the ceremony through this uh, the through the trees the on this big screen, right? <laughs> yeah. And through the road. You can kind of make it out because it the screen was split because they had somebody doing sign language as well yeah. on the St. Joseph's Park screen. When it came to the actual crowning and the Archbishop of Canterbury placed the crown on his head and we couldn't see this, FYI, no. we couldn't see it, but we heard him say, God save the king. And as he said that, a massive cannon went off at horse yeah. guards. And we just called, looked at each other. And but we every like, single person, Rach, said, God save, the, save king. the king. As we did, the cannon went off. It was honestly, like, I had Body chills. Kills. It was amazing, wasn't it? It was so incredible. And it was quite emotional, that bit, wasn't it? I cried. It was amazing. And this is something that we would not have experienced had we watched it at home. Because when I've seen the coronation since, he puts it on his head, God save the king. Then everyone in the congregation says, God save the king. And then nothing. And it was so spectacular on the mall. Because remember, royal community, whilst this is going on, we still have processions. There's still an army going up and down the mall, walking to Westminster Abbey. We had the whole of the Commonwealth armies walking down to the beat of the music that was playing from the coronation. I can't even tell you how absolutely amazing that was that they go into formation and to the beat of the music that's being played over the tannoy. I had chills. I had so many goosebumps. It was a pinch me moment. And those things you would not have got if you were not on the mall. And that cannon rage, I was like, whoa. Yeah, and you could literally feel it racing, couldn't you? You could feel yeah. it when that happened and everyone said god save the king and the cannon went off there was just such a massive cheer it was walking it was like cheering yeah it, it makes me well up just even thinking about it it was amazing and then when it, the same with the national anthem played mm-hmm. and everybody was kind of singing it but they weren't because we could hear it but it wasn't that loud actually the sound no, was it it wasn't no so we were singing along and then it was like god save the king and everyone was like yeah, waving yeah. the flag and everything but then they went into the second verse which nobody knows the second verse no of that. one knows the second verse unless you're the royal family no one knows it no one <laughs> I don't know it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One of the my other highlights was Seed of the Priest. And we, we were vlogging at the time and then it came in and I could hear it in the background. And I said to you, oh, here we go. The crescendo is going to come in. And I'm not kidding. When that happened, because they can see that the, the anointing's happening over in St. James's Park, we can't. But we knew that that was the time because that's the song, right? I'm not kidding. Head to toe goosebumps. It was just 
incredible when that crescendo happened you'll hear on the vlog i'm just like oh I'm, i am just gone i cannot even speak i was so emotional that song for me is one of my favorite songs and that being played at that moment with all the like things happening on the mall the canadian mount police they were going down there all people with flags the commonwealth flags walking down the well, mall get, when when the king came out of the abbey we could actually hear the bells of westminster abbey yeah yeah and this is what i'm saying this is what makes our experience our perspective so unique because we could not see anything like we even joked didn't we there's people right now in america or wherever they know more about the coronation than we do yeah (laughs) and what was really funny is you know earlier i said about the reception the internet reception on that two hour way all we kept saying was we just want to see what they're wearing we just want to see is Catherine wearing a tiara is she wearing a tiara and you when you went to get your chips with Kristen, came back and you was like Rach, you're going to die. You're going to die when you see Charlotte. You're literally going to cry when you see... And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Kristen had somehow managed to get something like reception or someone had sent her something. I can't remember. She came back and everyone was seeing. And you were like, oh, look. And I was like, I can't see. I was like, no. Then you went into a panic. (laughs) Give me the phone. And then I just saw the picture of Charlotte. And I was just like, oh my God. And then obviously seeing Catherine and that floral headpiece, you know, we'd heard florals and I think people were thinking of a floral crown as such and then when we saw that headpiece I was like you know what I don't even care that it's not tiara at this point like this looks so regal I can't even explain like how I felt when I saw Charlotte and then we saw a picture of George and we were just like oh my god look at George and then Louis and we were just all freaking out we were just having such a fangirl moment it was lovely because again we're all royal fans we're all in this together and then we're all excited about what they're wearing and because we're then seeing the inside scoop that we were not privy to on the mall keep with our experience then Rach of actually seeing the procession coming back from Westminster Abbey I have to say I'm going to start this off really quickly we had the biggest procession and the biggest pageant for the Jubilee this felt on a different level and honestly I will always remember this memory for the rest of my life it was absolutely spectacular you had the King's Troop you had the Household Cavalry you had the Irish Guards we knew that from the plume from last time with (laughs) Catherine's dress we were like oh there's a Welsh Guard like it was amazing and then again you hear that Mexican wave of cheers coming through you know it's your turn I just literally got chills as you said that (laughs) but it's we're right back there you know it's your turn to see the king and queen freshly anointed and crowned we're in the regalia we're in the crowns in the gold state coach this is the moment and i'm not kidding i think julie uh, there was me there was and charlotte i could hear as well there was just this gasp like yeah it's happening but also yeah. wow it and that's was all, literally that's all you could hear as the gold state coach was coming into view as such Everybody was just going and you can hear it. Like I posted a video on Instagram. You've got it on the vlog. It's just a collection of wow. Everyone's going like, wow, wow. Oh my God, that looks amazing. Like, oh my God. It's just people just saying exactly the same thing around yeah. you. And you can't believe you're seeing the gold state carriage in its purpose. It was made for a coronation and now you're seeing it and it's coming down. And I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. We knew that Charles, the newly anointed king, was going to be on our side. Yeah. And as it came into focus... It's as if we picked it, right, Rach? It's as if we (laughs) chose that side for that particular reason. But as he came down and 
he was wearing the crown and it I can't even describe to you what that feeling was like yeah it was, it was just incredible it was just absolutely amazing and luckily thank goodness for us he looked in our direction and he waved in our direction yeah could have been looking in the other direction at that point but he wasn't he was looking at ours and it just made it feel even more special that is something that I will never ever forget you know me royal community I love an animal I love a horse. There was two shy horses, which they're my favourites from the, the King's Troop. They're just incredible with, with the drums. I could listen to them all day. I could look at them all day. So I'm just getting over the majestic, you know, element of the horses going past. Then you've got the eight Windsor Greys that are pulling the Gold State coach. Royal Community, I'm going to tell you right now, that thing jiggles like nobody. It looked like a jelly <laughs> on a plate. You could tell it has absolutely no suspension and it must be really uncomfortable. You'll see on the video how much is actually swaying good on them for going in there they're in their 70s that must have been a very uncomfortable ride and don't forget we had heard that the day before we hadn't seen the queen at any of the receptions or anything because we heard that she had done something to her back she had thrown her back out Mm. so if that had happened how uncomfortable that must have been for her Exactly. And she was an absolute trooper. Absolute trooper. The one thing I realised, Rach, is actually the king was holding like the scepter and stuff. And I was so transfixed on him and the crown. I didn't even realise that like the biggest diamond in the world was in his hand. You know, I had no idea. Yeah, and the orb was in between them. In between them. No idea until I saw pictures because I was that dumbfounded by how incredible. I could not believe what I was witnessing. It was a spectacle. And you could totally tell that coach was made for that reason for that exact response and then they come past like you said the king looked he gave us away we couldn't believe it I literally could not believe my eyes and I was just so happy for them I was so happy nothing had happened we didn't know what was going on in the coronation <laughs> we would see that afterwards but it was like I'm so glad that he can rest now he knows that this is behind him because that must be a lot of stress to have to go through that and go through all the rituals and the ceremony it's a long ceremony wow i know we're supposed to be like giving you describing words and stuff but there aren't any other words it was one of the most memorable moments of our royal watching lives but rach it was so amazing to share it with everyone that we were yeah, with that's what i was going to say it was just incredible because I, I don't think I anticipated what my reaction was going to be like and everyone around us. But then all of a sudden, it was like, and you'll see this in the video, because we knew that Anne was going to be the gold stick in waiting, mm. right? So the carriage goes past, and unfortunately, she was on the other side. I was just like, oh, it's Anne, it's Anne. And then you was like, yay, the very hot round, the very hot round. I said, we love you. And- It was so funny. You couldn't catch your breath because it was like one carriage after another. Obviously, the crowd was going mental because it was William and Catherine with the three children. And let me tell... Oh, my gosh. This was honestly a highlight for me. Louis was on our side. And you'll see this in the video. It's like he's got this permanent grin on his face. As he's going past, his face is just set and he's just smiling outside of the window. I'm literally shouting. And he literally was like just grinning out the window. And all of a sudden you could just see him going like a little mental wave at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And William was on our side. But I didn't even think about looking at William. I was trying yeah. to look at the children. Yeah. Unfortunately, George and Charlotte weren't looking our way. They were looking on the other side. 
but Louis was just absolutely priceless. And then as it was going past, I was like, oh, Caitlin, and Caitlin was crying. Yeah. She was just like, oh my gosh, that was so cute. I can't believe yeah. that I saw Louis. And he, he was like, obviously, they were really close to us. We had such a good view of them. It yeah. was absolutely incredible. What I loved about it was obviously, I'm all about Catherine, so I would have loved to have seen her. But she was on the other side waving and Charlotte and George were um, with her kind of waving on the other side. Rach, we just live in Louis' world. That's all it is. <laughs> like, it's Louis' world. We just live in it. And you could tell that Prince William was watching him and then had a little like, oh, that's Louis. And then he looked out and he actually waved. And yeah. I've got that on, on the vlog. And, and I think what's really interesting, I think, you know, I don't know how much they can actually hear, but yeah. I think they could hear us, not just us, but because there was lots of other people around us. Yeah. But I think they could hear people shouting for Louis because yeah. William got a bit of a kick out of people shouting for him. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the stars, isn't he? He's a yeah. star of the royal family. I'm going to make this point. It felt like a fairy tale and not in a Disney way, but in a like real life fairy tale way. It was absolutely magical. Do you know when you see like a Disney princess? Let's take Cinderella. And Cinderella, she's met her prince. And then they say at the end, happily ever after. We're actually watching the chapters of those books after that fact. Oh, and it felt that, yeah. like that. It felt like this was Cinderella with her prince and the children. And yeah. we're watching it in action. We're watching a real life fairy tale in front of our eyes. That's how special it felt. Every single one of those family members, family obviously, but institution first. And they stepped up. And what an amazing occasion. And then after that, as I said, it was carriage after carriage and it was kind of like you didn't have a moment to breathe because then I didn't realize who it was and it was the Edinburgh family yeah Edward was on our side we've got Edward James was on our side but I didn't even look at James I was going Lady yeah you were Lady Louise and you know if you listen to the podcast we've got a bit of a soft spot for her haven't we absolutely in my head I was just thinking gold state coach gold state coach and then oh no and the Wales family and the, and the Edinburgh's oh hang on a minute and then the next coach was the Gloucesters wasn't it and, and in, Sir Timothy Lawrence and Sir Timothy Lawrence and then in the car was the Duke of Kent and um, I think it was Princess Michael Princess and Alexandra Alexandra sorry yeah in the cars so it, it was just like we could not catch our breath it was one family member after another the procession then was all of the commonwealth military personnel which was amazing to see and to finish off we had the flyover Rach we had the flyover and let me tell you because of the weather we have heard since that there was supposed to be at least 60 aircraft taking mm. part in that, which was unfortunate because that would have been absolutely amazing to see. But they have to think of, one, the safety of the pilot, yeah. the safety of the public, because those aircraft are so old because it was supposed to be bombers from World War Two, and it just wouldn't have been safe for that to come through. But we had the helicopter formation and then we had the flyover of the Red Arrows. And whenever that happens, there's just such a massive cheer. We were expecting nothing. So to have something was absolutely magical. Underneath one of the helicopters was the number 40 for the 40th monarch to be crowned at Westminster Abbey. And then obviously, like you said, we had the Red Arrows, which just was the icing on the cake. Wow. That was our experience being on the Mall. We are absolutely exhausted. We can't believe it's happened. We want to just say a massive thank you to every single one of our crew. How do you want to put it? Our coronation... Coronation well, crew, yeah. Yeah, coronation crew who were with us through thick and thin. 
we got there. We did it. God save the king. God save the king. Make sure you tune back in next week because we were talking about the ceremony itself and everything else that we have seen and learned so far because, as we said, we didn't see it until after we got home. Yeah. So we'll take you through all the details then. But what a moment in history. Absolutely spectacular to see it in person. It just made me feel so proud, not just of the royals, but of the military. It was just an incredible day and something that I will never, ever forget. If you want to review the podcast, you can over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us over on YouTube, Keeping Up With The Windsors, and Instagram, Keeping Up With The Windsors Pod. You can email us, keepingupwiththewindsorspod at gmail.com. And as we say, if you want to join us and support the channel, keep us on the air, you can over on Ko-fi, K-O-F-I. Come on over and buy us a coffee or become part of the VIP Royal community over there. We will see you next week on Keeping Keeping Up up With The Windsors. Windsors.